what I really understood when doing all this work is beliefs drive everything, Michael. The belief about the world and the belief about yourself will drive literally everything. They'll dictate your thoughts, which will then dictate your emotions, will then dictate your actions, dictate your results. Now, if your results aren't the ones you want, you can just go back to the same belief. And it's just a vicious circle until you can break that cycle. And that's where people get stuck. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. And in these times, you probably feel like most things are out of balance and you're using a lot of energy just to keep your head over water. Don't worry, you're not alone. And I hope with this episode, we can help you a bit getting some tools and ideas about how you can get to a point where you're not just surviving, but also feeling that you can thrive again. And today's guest, Ali Gordon, is the absolutely right man for that. He's not only a very good friend of mine, he's also a stellar executive coach and mentor and confident, working with clients to reignite their potential and quality of life. Ali is the son of a serial entrepreneur. He's traveled the world and spent more than two decades launching and growing hospitality businesses from startup to global brands, including working directly with Jamie Oliver. And last time he was a guest here on the podcast, he worked with the Danish bakery chain Orlandstein, helping them introduce the concept to the UK. And he grew that from zero to 250 employees and creating sales above 40 million pounds over 10 sites. Ali will share his transformational journey going from being a hospitality executive to become a coach and mentor, his ups and downs, and very valuable learning going from a safe paycheck to the world of being self-employed. He gives an overview on how he works with clients to achieve more clarity and make sure they make better decisions and they can live the life they fully deserve. We talk about the power of having the right mindset and beliefs about your life and what you need to achieve and how you can develop these to ensure you live the life you deserve. We talk about having a mentor and coach and how you select the right one for you. We also talk about the power of daily habits and how you can find yours and elevate your momentum. And Ali will, through this conversation, drop a lot of life hacks. So now, please grab pen, notebook, and coffee and get ready to get tools and insights on how to reignite yourself. Enjoy. Ali and I connect often outside the, the podcast um, and we've known each other for years now. And uh, the first time I met uh, Ali, he was uh, leading up Orland uh, Stein in, in London, growing uh, the bakery, Danish bakery chain for rapidly expansion. Since then, he's done a transformation. He is now helping people to ignite their inner path and actually finding a way forward. He's become, you know, some people call it a coach, somebody call it a mentor, and he's working uh, with a lot of people trying to, you know, find a new direction, a new path to go down. And I thought that that would be a really interesting conversation uh, to share with you guys, because I know people out there right now, it's difficult times. We are you know, going through a, a reset in some kind of way, and especially in the UK, where we are based at Alia Base, we are now still in lockdown, a hard lockdown. 
we're trying to find a way back or a new identity for, for the new world. And we'll touch on some of those things t- today. But first of all, welcome to the uh, the podcast, Ali. It's a great pleasure to have you today. Michael, it's great to be here. Thank, thanks so much for inviting me. Just uh, so people out there, you can frame it a bit. Uh, maybe uh, give uh, your elevator pitch about uh, you know what where you come from, what you've been doing, and what are you doing now, and where where's the relevance for that? Sure. So um, I, I quite liked your intro, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think look, coach has been massively overused at the moment. It seems to be the the word. So of course, I do coach people, but it's more about reigniting um, their sort of confidence, ambition. And obviously helping people to steer in a different direction with their businesses, help them start their businesses. But sort of going back to um, my sort of how I, this all started. So I sort of spent my twenties traveling, one way ticket to India. Uh, discovered restaurants in in Hong Kong, which was then owned by, still owned by the UK, and just fell in love with it. Just fell in love with the pace, the people, um, the hours, um, the night times. Uh, and just really loved it. And I used it as a bit of a base for traveling around Asia. So I spent five years um, in Asia and Australia, just just traveling around, using it as a bit of base, exploring myself. And uh, and then we'd come back to Hong Kong, which was always starting with something new. So it was a great base to sort of jump off every time I needed to do that. And then the decision finally had to come back to, to the UK. Uh, and I joined a business which was really, really growing at that stage. It was called Pitcher and Piano, which some of the older audience hopefully will know. It's a UK-based business. And just had this phenomenal sort of management program, which was really forward-thinking in terms of just win-win and all the things that people are talking about now, they were doing back in the 90s. So I joined that uh, business and, and, and led a number of their restaurants. And then we were very lucky. There was sort of four of us that got... Um, headhunted really to, to go and work with Simon Emony, who's um, now heads up Fuller's. But in that stage, he was a real sort of ambitious young director of that business looking to create a sort of bars division to take over, uh, to, to take on the people of like All Bar One, there's a behemoths in those, those days, Bar Ha Ha. Um, and we sort of created a, a bar called The Fine Line, which we rolled out. And on the back of that, we did a number of gastro pubs, um, and some, some some city wine bars, which was, made a lot of mistakes, you know, some very sort of dark, dark, uh, some dark days, but some real light days as well. It was just a phenomenal experience. And, and, and I still, one of Simon's one of those sort of people that I, I'm thankful that he kind of chose us to do that as well. And you could just see what he was going to go on and do. Um, and then just um, when launched after that, went to launch um, Vapiano into to the UK, um, so headed that up. Uh, and then worked, then went to work for Jamie Oliver for about five years um, and ended up being a director of his business um, and working alongside Jamie, developing um, a project called Trattoria, which which was his sort of dream, sort of mini Jamie's Italian, which was a dream project to work on. I really was allowed to kind of do pretty much every, anything I wanted with Jamie, which was just a dream project and get to work alongside Jamie. So personally, it was it's one of the highlights. And then um, two two Danish bakers came along, which is kind of our art of our art of string, um, and uh, called Oli and Steen, and they were looking to, to launch a, a Danish bakery business into to the UK. Um, uh, and I I met those those two guys, 
you know, I, I will share. I, I, I really did think I would. I just wanted that job. I thought it was just phenomenal. I went over to Denmark. I tasted the product and just thought, my goodness, there's so much we can do with this product and evolve it into a food operation, a fantastic coffee, coffee operation. What was I qualified to do it? I think one of my beliefs is I probably wasn't, but I just pushed on, pushed on, um, and they gave me the job. And I was with them for three years and, and they had a phenomenal CEO who they sort of drafted in called Yes for Free. So I worked alongside him. We just basically, um, he allowed me the scope to develop that business from from from, from nothing over in the UK to we, we ended up with sort of 10 sites and we sold it to private equity. Um, we had about, I think about 250 people, turned over about 14 million. So it was, a, you know, what a ride. And my goodness, it was a ride. Um, but it really taught me about what Jamie taught me about and, and what um, Simon taught me about and what the, what Olinstein is, it's really about the people you surround yourself with. It's never about the individual. It's about who you surround yourself with. And that was the journey, really. So I ended, I've ended up doing about, well, I, I was trying to toss it up the other day, 55 hospitality businesses. So it's, it's crazy, isn't it? When you join the dots backwards, you just see what you've done and you think, oh, my goodness, no wonder I can kind of, I, I can imagine when somebody says, gives me a problem like that, I know that problem. I know that problem because I've lived and breathed it. And that that was it on my sort of business um, side. Um, and um, on the personal side, I um, you know I had a lot of success. Um, I was very happy um, with with uh, my partner for fourteen years. Um, very ambitious. Both both of us very ambitious. Doing all the right things, I thought. Read all the books and seen all the podcasts. Getting up at half five, exercising, meditating, reading the right books, um, driving myself very hard, um, trying to be a dad, um, trying to be a decent partner. Um, but uh, a number three things walloped me in the face two years ago, Michael, which is kind of what why I ended up sort of doing doing taking a real sort of steer into what I'm doing now. Um, First of all, I separated from my partner, um, which was incredibly, very sad for both of us. Um, and, and it was a really big blow at the time. And, and um, yeah, it, was, it hurt. So, and then my dad died. Um, and my dad was a sort of real entrepreneur and, 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 and a real, a man kind of a very alpha male, always the leader of the pack, always the sort of number one in the room. Um, you know, not the easiest man to be around, but 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 had a lot of fantastic virtues about him, and 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 I really miss him, and, and it was a big blow when he when he passed. And then the third one was sitting down with a mate over a beer, and he finally three beers in said, "Listen, I need something to say something to you." So this this hospitality business is 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 fun, I get it, but we never see you, um, your family never sees you. It's just like you give everything to that business, hospitality businesses and nothing really to us. And we kind of miss you. So those three things, Michael, I was like, okay, <laughs> message received loud and clear. I need to do something about this. I'm not being the dad. I, I am. I've obviously not been the partner I needed to be. I hadn't nurtured that relationship at all. Um, and I hadn't nurtured the relationship either. So with my friends. So yeah, a decision was made. What is it that you you do now? Because I think it's quite interesting. You're actually trying to help people with the challenges you had uh, on the journey, I guess. And uh, and I guess that's 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 your calling now. See how you can actually give back in a kind of way. 
Yeah, it's it's become my purpose. I, you know, purpose is one of those words everyone throws around, but it really has. It, it changed my life. I think anyone that's had sort of big explosions in their lives, it often takes something like that to really make you step back and make you think about how you're living your life and, and what you want to give back. Um, you know, I'm 52 now. I've got young kids and I, 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 did, I did a couple of things, actually, Michael. I wrote my obituary to say, okay, this is where you'll end up in the when you're 80 if you carry on this path. It wasn't a great read, I have to say. And then um, I uh, I did a thing called a wheel of life where I where you and I have discussed. I looked at about the eight centres of my life: my social life, my kids, my 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 career, my money, and that was way out of whack. Um, and then I went out and found a coach myself. I'd never had a coach. I thought, okay, well, this is coach, guys. So I went out and found a coach. And I found a coach in Australia, sort of 20-year veteran, just phenomenal guy. And he gave me some really big slaps, Michael, and said, you need to get some shit in order. Sorry about the language. Um, and it was just such a great wake-up course. So I did a lot of exploring and, and, and just really realized that I wanted, I love working with people. That's really what I really enjoyed my whole life is building businesses i love the kind of the ride it, it, you know talking to the boards and selling them the idea and thing but for, but basically it's really i love working with people and just reigniting people or, or igniting people's passion and really seeing i love taking the kind of the rough diamonds and really compressing them and putting them under a bit of pressure and seeing them grow into into great managers and sometimes directors of businesses and, and that's really what I, I do now. I, I just, I work with people. And I, as I said earlier, the word coach is just, it's one of the, it's just everyone on everyone's lips, like I'll get a coach and, you know, coaches come in different shapes and forms and everyone you know, will, will need a different type of coach. A, I think everybody should have a coach because they are just, um, they take you to places where no friend will ever take you to. They'll ask the questions that you never want to be asked. Um, they, are your cheerleader really? You're, you're, they keep you accountable. If you say you're going to do something, a coach, a really good coach, will not let you get away with anything. Um, and my greatest belief, and what I really understood when doing all this work, is beliefs drive everything, Michael. It, it's you know the belief about the world and belief about yourself will drive, you know, literally everything. Your uh, your thoughts, they'll dictate your thoughts which will then dictate your emotions, will then dictate your actions, dictate your results. Now, if your results aren't, aren't the ones you want, you can just go back to the same belief. And it's just a vicious circle until you can break that cycle. Um, and that's where people get stuck. So your question was, you know, what do I do? I work with people that sort of just hit a wall, really, or just think, is this really it? Is this this really it? Or just a stumbling, thinking, Christ, I, I really know deep down, I, I, I have so much more to give. I just don't know what to do about it. Um, it's really about being an Olympic listener and really listening to people and really hearing what they're saying about themselves and about the world and, and, and eliciting the right, you know, getting them moving in the right direction. And, and reigniting their passion for life and realizing there's, there's so much more there is. I mean, I was in that place. It was rubbish. I was felt terrible. I lost my partner, my dad. My mates were telling me I was a crap mate. So I went to a very dark place and I had to pull myself out of it. But, but you know, hopefully I'm a testament. 
I am living a really great, really good life now. I love what I do. Absolutely love it. And it's just great to see when I work with clients, the journey they go on, um, that we go on together. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's really about reigniting people, but I also love working with people who are trying to start businesses or move into different directions to really talk them through, okay, what is it, what is it your pains that you bring, that, that, that the potential clients have and what are the what are the prizes you can give to them which is a sort of daniel Priestley technique which is just fantastic and it's really about getting the route steering them in a different direction that's super interesting ali what you just said so you're talking about like when pain gets enough you have to do something and i think what we're seeing right now is that a lot of people are lives in old beliefs about how the world work and we all know that people, businesses, the world is changing forever. And it always does, but it just goes very fast in the moment. Um, and I know that for myself as well. What, what I believed and what I thought I was doing maybe six months I'm going to be doing uh, or how I see myself as a niche with, I've changed a lot. And actually, I need to work on that all the time. Um, if you don't work on that and you're just continuing doing harm to yourself, as you almost indicated as well, there will be some you know, traumatic consequences um when pain knocks on the door you need to listen to it in a way that's what you're saying as well and that was your own experience transiting into a, a new life what 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 if you could go back in time and say okay uh, you know because you had a brilliant career you was you had a lot of success in that but if if, if you have known what you know today would it have changed anything when you started out your career in hospitality and do you think that would have changed the outcomes Oh, I think, Michael, it's so easy to join the dots backwards and I'd like to change this. And, you know, I, I'm i a great believer you are where you're supposed to be. And and without the, all the oh, the knowledge that I've got now and, the, and, and listen, you talked about the pain. Um, yeah, without that journey as well, I, I can't be the the the, the, the the mentor or confidant um, stroke coach I, I, I want to be with people. I have to. You know, because I've got that toolkit, um, it, it, it's led me to this this place. I mean, I remember actually my partner saying, "Can you just not get out? Please, can you get out of hospitality?" Um, and I didn't know what to do. I said, "I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do." And 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 it's it's a really interesting question. Would I go back and change anything? Ah, oh, maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. But I, I've 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 I'm very at peace with that now, Mike. Whereas before I was obviously, you know, God, if I could change that, could have changed that. Well, yeah, but I was making mistakes like everyone else. But I was where where I feel now is I've just I've learned from all that stuff. I'm still you still fall over every day and you still do some silly things, but you're always learning and growing. And I think if you can always think like that, you're always moving forward. Um, and I think it's very dangerous to look back and, and think, oh, if I'd done that, I'd done that, because then you end up just looking backwards. And there's nothing unless somebody invents a time machine. Um, you, you know, Elon Musk suddenly steers towards time machines. There's nothing you can do about it. So you just have to put it in, a, learn from it, and just keep moving forward and just change your beliefs. I, I wanted to sort of talk, say about the beliefs. It's very, it is very hard because those beliefs are baked in to our personalities um, and they're baked in quite early. Uh, you and I were just having a quick conversation about money. Um, and my dad was, you know, those people over there um, have got loads of money and they're, they're not very nice. Those people over there, 
are much nicer. They don't have much, they don't have much money, and that was baked into my personality. So, um, and I had to really change that belief system if I wanted to do what I'm doing. You know, I've got a, I've got mortgages to pay and kids to look after, and um, my career was you know it was, I was obviously paid every month, but I have to sort of earn my own money now. So it's yeah, it's uh, beliefs are the number one thing as far as I'm concerned in terms of that is what you have to change about your feelings about the world and about yourself and you and once you can change those and really get under the skin of those i mean i believe anything is possible i really do it's interesting because you you helped me a bit through the last year as well uh, as a friend and you asked you asked me some very interesting questions and i was also a bit you know i was probably a bit trapped in the past uh, without knowing it and and funny even though from the outside can look like you are you're doing all the right things and people are praising you and as you said you are successful in these things you 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 get trapped in a way you get trapped in in the hamster wheel of things and thoughts about what will people think about me and what i actually got really to the conclusion is uh, excuse my language nobody gives a shit it's only you that gives a shit about it and uh, and and actually that was one of the things i got out from one of our conversations as well but i know also you work on some 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 key a key process you take people through and i think a lot of people right now just need some a bit of you know a toolbox or principles or paths they can walk down if if they work with somebody or they are thinking about it what 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 do you think is the key thing that needs to frame a conversation with uh, a coach because i totally agree Everybody needs some kind of mentor, or coach, or whatever you have. Uh, I have one myself. He's called uh, Chris. I actually have a number of people I, I help. With. Chris is like uh, he is a uh, he is in his seventies, a very uh, gone through a lot of business challenges himself. And if I hadn't had him, I think I would be in a very different place right now. Just having him checking in and holding me accountable and saying, "You are now doing damage to yourself. You are not." thinking the right thinking you're looking backwards instead of forward what what is your like process when you work with people to make sure they are they're going through the right steps great question um i think i've started to step back i think it's you know if you're looking for for a really great good coach i think always look at their background um and 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 ask yourself what what is it you want to get out of that conversation um because i think that a coach has had to have some, you know, some some experience. So if I'm working with CEOs and senior people, um, and if I was going to a coach, I would expect some kind of ex- experience in that in that sort of place. It doesn't have to be, um, but, but also I'd like to understand, you know, what, what, what sort of journey they've been on a bit as well. Um, it, not necessary, um, but it's something that I I. I think people should ask, and I'm I'm always you know when if I'm talking to someone, somebody comes to me and says they want to have a conversation, I'm always very open. So is there anything you want to ask um, about me? Um, and then the next thing is really about are they a great listener? And I think you have to be an Olympic gold medal listener as a coach. You you cannot bring your own opinions, your own feelings about a situation into into that space it's the client's space not yours and if you don't if you do bring those things it 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 pollutes the pollutes the conversation if you can leave those things out of the conversation it makes it much easier so you start to hear what you hear what the what the client needs you to hear so it really for me that 
process for me is it's I like to have a you know a couple of hours with somebody to see if it's worth worth them and, and I engaging. We have a really deep conversation. I really sort of drill into you know what is what is the pain, why they haven't sort of sorted it out, um, get get us a sense of it, and really you know if we don't sort this problem out, what's the impact it's going to have on your life um, for the next one two years? It's not really as I think. It's not really about the impact as well on your life. It's about your family's life. It's about if you've got kids, how is this going to impact on the kids' life, and how are those kids when they grow up, how is that going to impact on the, on on the lives of their own kids? It's it's you know it's it's a it's a chain, and really the first conversation is really just we need to acknowledge what's going on and and find out why they are where they are if they're stuck. You know what behaviours are in place, what beliefs are in place, what actions are in place. Um, and it's then about so recognizing those things and understanding them. Um, and then it's about sort of gaining control and it's about committing. And I think this is the key thing is that a lot of people at the moment are writing sort of goals and vision documents. And I do quite a lot of that with my clients, but you've got to have take action as well. You can't let allow to sit there and think the universe is going to deliver. It's you've got to commit and take action. And that's what a coach will also do is really, have those difficult conversations and keep you accountable. And if you're not taking action, um, it's about look why, why not in a, not in a sort of a pointy way and, and and you know why you do it. It's like let's find out why you're not making those decisions and why you're not taking those actions. Um, and then it's really about committing to get, living and really about getting on with life. And and then you know we keep accountable. So I just do a sort of twelve week program. I think that's often it's it's a big couple of hours every week plus they get some access to me whenever they want because i think that's important it's what i wanted from my coach and then we normally sort of do sort of um after 12 weeks pretty well i think 99 percent of my clients say look can, can we do like touch base once a week or once a fortnight or once a month uh just to keep it accountable because they we have a relationship now they now so we know you know they're going to get challenged they know I've I've absolutely 110% committed, and that's reason for the conversation right at the beginning. Is like, can I commit to this person 110%? Because um, I'm a bit like when I approached my hospitality things, I was all in. I think a lot of people in hospitality, you're either all in or you're not in. And, and I'm very meticulous about how I want to work with people, and I want to know that they are 110%. Do you really want to make these changes? Because um, I really want to make, I really want to help you do that. Um, and sometimes we have a conversation, I can just see they're not quite ready and say, look, you know, why don't we leave it and you come back to me when you're ready and then we'll commit and work together. Um, so, yeah, it's and, and, not, and the environment has to be um, non-judgmental. You know, I've come through enough now in my life. I am not going to ever judge anyone ever again. I mean, we all go judgmental, but, you know, I, I just everyone that walks. I love that saying that Gandhi's saying, you know, walk a hundred miles or a mile in somebody else's shoes before you start judging. And it's so true. It's, you just don't know people. And we, you know, the, the work I do, you really get to know people. And I've coached some fantastic, phenomenal people, phenomenally successful, but you know, behind what's going on, there's stuff going on and it, they, you know, they need just re-steering. That's all they need really. And somebody to come along with them. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, even uh, people, and I know that for myself as well, you have all this potential, 
Well, actually, the only one that's blocking that potential, and you blame others or situations for blocking that, but it's actually often yourself because you're not driving yourself in the right direction or you're not leaving a situation you need to leave actually to move forward. But to become the next level, you also need to do something new. So we continue around in that safe situation, no matter how how painful it is. Uh, we're continuing that, or either we judge ourselves or others, as you say as well. And I think you're absolutely right that uh, it's about being, you know, willing to take that step. Because I agree with you. Because uh, writing down goals uh, is the easy bits of it. The hard bit is like taking action. And I think right now, even people will, some people definitely in the industry, we both are involved and have been deeply involved when I know what you say yourself, like when you're in there, you're in, you're in 110 and suddenly now some maybe are furloughed, some doesn't know their future in their leadership job, or uh, maybe that industry they were part of that maybe not going to come back as it was, it's definitely not going to come back as it was in hospitality, how they're going to maybe find a, maybe they need to think about how they find an identity outside hospitality that maybe not be a job when they come back because there's, there's need for less people for less restaurants or change and so on. So I think there's a lot of people that could do a lot of that reflection right now. How do I actually move on, as you say, without being in hospitality 110% because also, and I think we maybe can steer the conversation this way because what I've seen myself being involved in leadership jobs and hospitality, sometimes you become this elite soldier, I call it. And that was something I struggled with in my 30s. I totally forget everything around me. I'm just in that mission of bringing this business up or growing this business. And I'm giving everything to everyone else, but nothing to myself and the people around me. A bit like you said with your friends and you know, your ex-wife and so on. And um, it's brutal. Because that's what it takes the industry sometimes. But is that what you want to do? Or do you need to reframe your way of doing it? It doesn't mean you need to leave the industry, but you definitely need to reframe the way you operate. Because else you're the elite soldier. They often get, they often die at some point. Because there's always somebody stronger and better than you. Yeah. And this industry, that you know, the industry that, that I was in, hospitality, and, and still do a little bit, is is brutal you know there's always some new young gun it's a bit like so those old westerns the, the new gunslinger arrives in town there's always somebody new with great ideas who's pushing 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 uh, and i think the pace we go at in hospitality and it's probably the same around the world it is is extraordinary you can't switch off you know i i, I even as a you know i need i wanted to be in my businesses so much but but you know you're in in a little bit of trouble if you're and 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 I was running bakery business, so it wasn't so so much to be in there in the evenings. So um, you know, Saturday night, I'm having a glass of wine with with uh, my partner and the kids, and I get a call about something like the plumbing's gone or something like that. You think, oh my goodness, it's, you can't switch off. So yeah, I, I mean, I when I look back, and I'm just going back to the previous question you asked me actually. You know, if I could change my, I, I think I would have. And this is, you know, I hope this doesn't sound like self promotion. I really don't want it to be. Is I wish I'd had somebody to just to really talk to about this stuff and to offload and to give me a different perspective. Because you become, particularly at the level of when you work running as an MD or a CEO, you're on your own. You know, everyone's coming to you for the questions and they're, and you feel sort of eaten alive. And, you know, you have to make all the decisions. They have to be the right decisions. Then you have to go face the board and, and give them the numbers. And um, you need some, an outlet to do that. And you're right, Michael, this is, 
been such a brutal time for for everybody but you know hospitality is just really on its knees and there are a lot and i'm working with quite a few people actually that just said look i need to do something different i do, i just don't know what it is i just don't know what to do you know but those skills are quite transferable but it's really changing your beliefs and your mindset around what you can and what can't do because most people in hospitality they kind of either fall into it um or yeah, I mean, a lot of people just fall into it and, and, and it becomes their sort of personality and identity. And if somebody comes to me, for instance, and I don't work with smokers, but if you come to somebody and saying, I am a smoker or I'm a hospitality manager, that is your identity. And that's very hard to break. But if you say I'm, I, I smoke or, or I am in hospitality, that's a bit different. But a lot of people describe themselves as I'm a hospitality person. Like, OK, that's an identity you've given yourself. We, we've got to change that belief and like move that what else can you do where else can you help you know you're great with people you're great with you know making experiences what else can we do and what's the what's the new world going to look like when you start to put a label on yourself because that's what's going to happen then and i've seen it myself you know you can go from in business to be very confident about something and then something happens and then you label that there's something wrong with you or your offering and that, that could be that could be an offer problem it could also be a positioning problem but it's just a thing and you just need to switch out of that it's nothing to do with you it's just to do about that you need to change something and when you change that you start to get new responses on it because People don't lose faith and trust in you as an individual, as a business owner. Um, I, I can understand because I've been there. Every, if, if people, business owners says that's been under pressure the last year, say to me, that, oh, that, that's not been my problem. I think a lot of it actually comes from when their you know, business starts to hurt, it hurts on them because you're connected with that business because it's your baby. But actually what you need to do is actually not trying to identify yourself with your business too much. That's what I've learned and say, okay, well, the business is just another vehicle to get my ideas out. And, uh, and, and it's okay if it's not working. I just need to working on doing small changes then. And also, I think also there's a lot about radical acceptance in the moment right now. I think you tried to touch on that. And it'll be interesting to hear from you as well, working with people. Uh, is it difficult for people to radical accept that maybe right now there's a lot that's not in your power or you cannot influence? You can always influence a situation, but you also have to accept, is it an exceptional situation we're in in the world? And maybe you are not able to influence everything as you could in a, in a perfect working world. Yeah. I mean, you and I were having a conversation. We're, we're dads and, um, you know, we've got a home school as well as, you know, building our careers. And um, I think that's, if you, if you fight that, you're only going to end up in pain. I think if you can embrace it somehow and, and manage it, you know, I think it's just a reframe sometimes that I, I have to homeschool the kids Whereas I get to homeschool the kids or I get to take them to school rather than I have to take them to school. There is a reframe. I think, the, the, yeah, if you, there's a lot about this virus we cannot control. There's a number of things we can control. There's a lot we can't control. And if you're going to go fisticuffs, like Mike, you're fighting literally Mike Tyson um, uh, and you're not going to win. So I think there is, there is a sense of just, looking at what you can look after your mental health your physical health what do your routines look like um 
who are you talking to on a regular level? Are you talking to anybody? You know, I, I, I'm, I love meditation. I think it's, I know a lot of people have got to I really love it. I think it's such a healthy way of kind of just stopping the world and, and just, just, just slowing everything down. Um, and I see you know, people are going out running now and, and, and all those things. So I think it's really about how are you looking after yourself and your family and how are you nurturing um, those relationships? Um, and, and are you touching base? And, and, and I think also there's this very modern thing, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, and actually asking the question to others, how are you? You know, just know, how are you? uh because i think we have to look after each other on this one as well well you and i had a really good conversation and you were you know you weren't in a great place and and it was just really lovely to be able i you know and you're a great you're one of those people in life are such a giver mike you know you give to everybody and it just really took you know our conversation you were helping me with something and we were talking about the business and, that, and i just happened to say how are you michael and you told me exactly how you were feeling. You, I could see you looked tired, your hair was all over the place. You know, you're obviously going through the mill. And I think it's just asking friends and family, how are you? How are you doing? And allowing the space for them to to offload, really. And, then, and that often is just, the, it's, it just helps people to kind of like, I just need someone to, to listen to me and not judge me and just hear me. Spot on that thing when somebody comes and actually, you know, put that finger and that's, spot because sometimes you don't want to you don't want to carry your problems on other people's shoulder but sometimes you actually just need to have that question so so how are you and if you then you know often as i say if you get that and half answer and you know there's a different answer you just said are you are you sure you feel like that way because i i can i tell you how i see you right now and you're surprised the the help you do with just doing that you don't have to be a coach to do that or anything I think it's so powerful. I, I did it with my one of my friends the other day as well, uh, and, and a couple of days after, he was in a. He said, "Now, now, I'm back again. Don't worry. I just needed that, you know, relief in a way because you don't want to do that to in you maybe within your family or with your partner because there's already enough pressure with homeschooling or whatever it is. We don't need to put more problems on the table. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a very good, great advice there. Ali, uh, one of the things I actually wonder is because you had such an, an incredible career, you've always been starting things, and this is also what you're helping people with, either, you know, you know, reframing things, but also helping them starting things. Uh, what, what, what has been, you know, because we learn a lot from success, uh, but we often forget very quickly, but what really cement us as an individual, I believe, is the, the failures we go through. Uh, what, is your, what is your, in your view, your biggest failure, and what did you learn from that? I consider my my um, breakup from my relationship my biggest failure. I have to say, um, it, it, I just didn't nurture it, didn't look after it, didn't take care of it, um, and I threw everything. I thought I was doing the right things, um, and I didn't nurture it. So that was my biggest. But it's been my biggest learning. You know, it's it's it's. Um, thankfully, we've managed to really establish a great relationship from it you know a good good friendship and, and, and I live just down the road and the kids are in such a great place but that was my I think my biggest failing um on a personal level on a business level um gosh I'm just trying to think actually um oh my goodness there's been so many <laughs> um I think early on I was very gung-ho as well um you know my dad is such an entrepreneur and he was like jumping 
things and creating he was creating lots of stuff i i just didn't take people with me i think that was really i i learned that from somebody very wise and said you know you just leave you just it's like there's sort of a, a general that jumps out of the trenches and come on lads off we go and then everyone's still huddling in the trenches and you think you're doing the right thing you have to take people with you and that, i that, it's a couple of early early experiences so painful it's like shoot i'm really not getting this right and um you know if, until you can get everyone to come with you and also being you know i was just like the arrogance i you know i look back and just the arrogance of the, like this is the right way and i really had to sort of learn and this is you know what why what i what i've learned for my new new role is you've got to be an olympic gold listener you've got to listen to people you then have to take action of course but you have to listen and kind of like what is what, what is it what is it in it for somebody is are they are they feel like they're contributing do they feel they kind of have some significance in this conversation um you know do they feel like they're connected um and when they do then you get you get people just on they will come on the journey with you but if you don't and i made that mistake early on in my career and it's something i've really really had to work on um was was if you you won't get people to come with you michael you just won't that's definitely also a learning i had in in my career um and I I I uh, I found out with um, that uh, you know because I thought because I got it right in my head I thought let's move forward. Uh, I found out it actually takes a there's a long lead time to the, the those other people catch up because you're actually playing with I know that today you're playing with their belief system and they need to be ready to change. And uh, you know I I didn't find out before you you know at that time I was opening restaurants that we open. Four to four units too much compared to what my people actually were ready to do, and that was very costly, you know, because they left me, they left me, you know, they left me because I was not the good boss anymore, uh, because I thought I was and I thought I was doing, I was probably doing a lot of the right things, but actually exhausted them because I was running so fast, um, and uh, I didn't see it before too late, you know, and then sometimes that, and that was really, you know, that's a really good, I think, and that's a typical thing that happens in leadership, uh, because you think it's about being the brave and the strong, but actually it's about being the patient and actually making sure you have everyone with you. That's a, that's a very good, very good learning. Um, who has been most influential to you, Ali, on your journey? Because uh, you've gone through an, an amazing journey, meet some amazing people and Tobin, but who like inspired you most, like your top two or three people? Yeah, I think I think for Orange Steel was Jesper Fries was um he was ex chairman of um Carlsberg Europe. And I mean charisma on legs. I mean just yeah, I mean if he told me to kind of I, I remember going to him a couple of times, but I'd I'd sort of we the financial director and I sort of took him to a really took him to a bar on actually and, and we would we would just didn't want to do this deal. Uh, it was just the wrong deal. And by the time, by the end of the meal, he was, we basically convinced it was the right deal. Thankfully, we never did the deal, but he was just such a great, he just loved going into the restaurants and talked to everybody. Everybody knew who Jasper was and, but he was, uh, he was also tough, you know, really tough. He gave me a really hard grilling about some things about, and, and rightly so, but he just had that, we, but we could always go out for a beer with him. You know, he was just one of those guys and he had that real great balance and he just wanted to work with him. Um, and he was always wanting to try something new. So he, he was he was kind of number one. Um, if I look back, probably Simon Emony in the days, you know, Simon was, I don't know, he must have been very young, actually. 
but you could just see the guy was just in the way he kind of let us loose with a lot of money um a lot of family money as well from from the fuller's family and and he allowed us to grow and make mistakes um you could just see that he was he was going to do something very special um and i'm just trying to think of number three really actually um in terms of my the whole jamie experience i mean i thought jamie i mean you know jamie is often people ask me oh, jamie's the real deal he's a good you know he's a good guy get him off camera he's such a great fun guy but he, he would just turn up and say you know we were showing him dishes and jamie this is what we want to do and he would just go what are you doing like this this this, this. and they oh my goodness this is extraordinary uh how we can kind of just turn a dish a good dish into a, into a brilliant dish um and at the time um that was being that business was being led by a guy called simon blagdon and um he was really inspirational actually you know i think we all lost our way a little bit with that business but he was very very inspirational the way that he created a, a a brand that was just extraordinary when I first joined it. It really taught me a lot about, I thought I knew about restaurants and they took it to the next level. So I think those those three were really interesting to, in different in different ways, really interesting to work with, all those four, if you include Jamie. Interesting also because you would see like Jamie also would, uh, as an individual is going through a totally shift as well. Uh, you see well how his works have changed the last, the two years, you know, with, and with also with a lot of failures uh, behind him, but he, he is like reigniting himself as well. That's that's how I see it. I uh, I, I have deep respect for a person that's been, you know, he's probably. I'm not thinking about financial, but thinking about from a confidence point of view. You were like you were the poster boy, and then suddenly you were not. You were yeah. The world didn't look at you in the same way, or that's that exactly how I observed it. But he's like now taking himself back and actually trying to do other things now and try to impact the agenda and that's what I always respected by jamie but also that must take a lot of character to find yourself and crawl back as the 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 conversation we just talked about also really you know working with some self-beliefs totally agree with you he was he flew very high you know we you know so the icarus type thing he flew and got burned and 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 yeah, I know we were trying all sorts of things and it, it, it did get out of control. We were just doing things, everything so fast, you know, too fast, you know, go back to the mistakes. We, we just went way too fast. We lost the core of that business. It was really about great pasta and um, and and meats and stuff. And, and, and he got too distant from the business as well because it was so, I loved having him involved. Yeah, I mean, the, and the guy, good luck to the guy. He's, 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 He's got a good heart, Jamie. You know, I used to have conversations, you know, very brief conversations, you know, and, and he talked 40, this 45 minutes about sugar or we invited him just to say hello to the team uh, at, at the Covent Garden one because it done, you know, just phenomenal money. And he came down and did the classic, drove the Vespa into the restaurant in his early days and uh, came down and his, his, his PA would say, Listen, he's only got 10 minutes. An hour and a half later, he was still there talking about cheese and wine and stuff, you know, because he was alive, brought him alive, brought him alive. This is what he lives for. So, and, and I think, we, you know, we, we do have this sort of tall poppy syndrome in this country um, where, you know, somebody gets too high. We, we love chopping their heads off and saying, just get back down there again. Um, and I think that's where he got to and, and good luck to him. He's a good guy. He's, you know, he's a, he's a, he means well. He's a good guy.
thinking about where where we are now uh, as uh, as a world and uh, the challenges we go through and, and the people you work with and helping ignite their journeys and finding a way forward what would be your like your 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 top three you know advice or inspiration or questions that people should start doing doing with or without the coach what what should they do right now because i think there's a lot of people feeling a bit like in a in the no man's land because what what can i do if if somebody you lose your job what can i do what i'm good at and all those things um and maybe you, you run a business and you can't find the way forward with uh with yourself or the business what is like the the three things you think that people should go and, and do right now i think i'd like to give you four i think i suppose think about it i think it's um get really clear on what you really want out of life um you know purpose as you know what what is it getting up every day the values you know understand the why of it um, and and have fun doing it if you possibly possibly can um invest in yourself and i and i don't mean necessarily financially but just you know having healthy routines self-development take time out to do these things if you possibly can try and go for that walk and i'm as guilty as any michael you know i try and do all these things but i, I find myself still at eight o'clock at night working think oh i haven't been done i haven't been outside i've been for a walk um it's just nurture and grow you know your relationships your career the financials if you can the health and wellness the friendships don't forget try not to forget about those do stop and touch because time seems to sped up with this virus you know we're already into february um and time can really speed up and 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 i think the biggest regret of the old i was once you read or told that you know it's not doing those things and it's before you know it you're 90 or whatever um and and life is life is essentially you know it's, it's over it's you know you 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 you're you're in the twilight of your life um and then i think so the last one i think is also just you've got to remind yourself every day that what you put into life you get back what you put into people you'll get back um if you expect other people just to run around doing stuff for you then you're going to live a miserable life if you expect things just to come to you you're not going to get the life you want you have to lean into life and you have to lean into your friends you lean into your relationships lean into your financials um lean into your career you've got to get all those things like give them the time give them the nurture them and make sure that they are being looked after um and that's hard to do of course it is you know some 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 of us are parents and you know all the things that are going we're running businesses we've got businesses on our knees but um if you can do those four things i think it will it just helps and just don't get stuck take action just if it's just some one thing a day just take action try and go for that walk try and do a meditation try and talk to somebody um and when you're stuck and and you know i'll go back i, I was in i was in a shit place you know it was very dark and and just getting out of bed was tough and i had a photograph of myself and the kids at the end of the bed and it really really helped and just getting out and doing some exercise and going for a walk you pull yourself through reading the right things talking to people obviously got a coach it really helps you 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 can life doesn't have to be dark horrible crappy place there's always a way out of it and it's about getting support to do that but it's also about trying to change your beliefs about the world because the but the world 
the universe or the whatever is not looking down on you, Michael, Michael and saying, Michael, we are going to give you such a kicking every day. They haven't got time for that. They've got, four, what is it, how many 4.5 billion people in the world? They're not looking down at you going, Michael, I'm going to give you such a kicking today and I'm going to keep down there. It's up to us to kind of really try and um, pull ourselves into that place. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, those, those are probably my four that I would probably just keep focused on. Interesting. You talked about something um, that's some super advice in there, what you said. But I actually really like where I think from, from a personal point of view is when I started doubling down on building structure back into my day, because as we are in this with homeschooling and if you have kids or you, maybe you're furloughed or whatever that happens in your life, you get out of a rhythm. So taking control of a rhythm and get some good habits back in, you know, if it's that, you know, if, if you can med meditate, do that or find a way to disconnect from the world. I also say, because not a meditation is not for everyone, but I'm really trying to start the day well and end the day well and doing my own habits around it. Some meditation, I do some stretching, I do some hit workout and sometimes I go for a run and i plan every day and find out what are the three things that will make me move forward today and i will try to hit those three top priorities as the first thing and then actually it's okay the rest of the day and i also what i've put in lately is like i'm writing now for 50 minutes uh, in the morning before i start and that could be anything uh, uh and uh, and some days i hit these things and other days i don't but i'm okay with it before i would really beat myself up because i was focusing on as you said getting up very early being that person that did all the right things da, 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 da. and uh and i think that's the thing if you can put some good stuff in the beginning of the day and the end of the day i think you'll you'll start building a, a swing wheel of um of behaviors to put you in the right direction and you will be be ready when the world opens up again and i think that's what you should be focusing on you're planting the seeds for whatever's going to happen tomorrow or the day after tomorrow yeah i think just to add to that i think a couple of just three things do what's right for you i mean i was guilty as any but looking at all these entrepreneurs and think, oh, that's what i need to do but actually i've just found what works for me what makes me happy what gives me the energy and the passion and every day is one thing. I think um, we, we didn't talk about food and obviously you and I exchanged lots of, you know, putting the right things in your mouth is also pretty, pretty good way of doing things and, and, and starting a day like that. Um, and three, something, and, and, and actually go about the ex the thing, like I remember one client said to me, we just, just, we'd agree that, yeah, we're going to work together. She said, oh, you're not going to make them run on a block, are you? I said, no. no. That's what we need to do is that we will do what you need. So, oh, thank goodness. So, you know, it's it's what you want to do. And then I think third, and it's something I do with all my clients, is that, and it really helped me actually, Michael, was I, it, it, it was taught to me actually by my coach, choose a word for the year. You know, choose a word that's going to really help you show up in the world. My, my one is I can share is proud. So I, in terms of, you know, am I proud of the dad I'm going to be? I am being, I'm proud of the food I'm putting into my mouth. Am I proud of the body I'm building? Am I proud of the way that um, I'm turning up in my ex's life? Um, am I proud of the way that I'm looking after my friendships? Um, and it could be anything, you know, so I think he said he had one year unstoppable, you know, he was being unstoppable and unstoppable as a, or it's action or it's just, um, it could be anything. 
And I think just having just a frame of that, it sticks in your mind, like, am I proud of doing this or am I being unstoppable? It can just reframe the mind a bit. And that's what it's all about, just reframing stuff, just just get igniting that brain and, and, and looking at something in a different way. Am I being proud? Am I being healthy? It's a really good exercise because you you did it with me, and uh, the first word I got was the 2021 was the breakthrough year. I said, and actually I can't remember we talked about that since then, but I actually changed that because I actually found out it was actually patience I needed to have, uh, uh, because it's not about there's enough breakthroughs, there's enough positive things happening, but I need to be more patient. And that's a, the fallacy of an entrepreneur and also my personality deeply down is that I've always been very impatient. And I could definitely see that come true in a bad way. Uh, because when you can't, when the world is not moving really and your things is not going your way, uh, that's only one thing is to put the Gandhi hat on and be more Gandhi or patient. Um, so that, that's like really my thing. And I ask myself for that. So actually it's changed from the breakthrough to, to the patient. Just because I could see actually, um, that's actually what I need. I need to be more in patient with myself, probably more with myself than anyone else. Um, and and that that's been really really good to have that and actually write that word down as your affirmation in the morning, saying maybe I, I think I have patient a lot of times in the, in the first months in my uh, in my uh, book for for how I organize my life. And I think I think again that that just having a word like that is so good. Okay, I just need to be patient now. This is what's happening. I'm trying to do too much. I'm just being unpatient. I just need to go back, being patient, and everything will be fine. It will I will come out on the other side and there will be some great things happening. I think it's brilliant. I mean and I would just add caveat with that, Michael. I, I don't think you'll ever meet many, many patient entrepreneurs. It just doesn't <laughs> the same sentence. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the antithesis of what I'm sure there is. <laughs> but that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, that's what drives you, I think, as well. Um, uh, and I'm like so impatient with the world right now. I think I just want to get back. I just I just want to create stuff. I just want to make it the world better for humanity. And I'm a bit stuck here in my in my in my top of my uh, my home. You know, trying to do things. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's been really, really great conversation, Ali. And anything we want to, you want to leave people with before we end off? Uh, is there any last word you want to give to give to the world and people out there and, uh, that can help them on their way? Because that's what we're all about. I, I just think that, that all I say, you can change. You know, you can change direction. It's, it's a belief that you can't. You really can, whatever place you've been in or or are in. Um, and it's really about. Just challenging those beliefs, um, and we will we'll all get through this. Of course, we will, and we'll all be having a beer together or a coffee or whatever as well. But you know, recognize. I think recognize what's going on. Try and take those feelings out a bit. That you know, they can be vampires. If you don't take them out and look at them and give them a damn hard stare and think, what what's really going on here? Why am I feeling like this? Is really helpful actually. Um, but I, I just think the last thing is that, you know, you know, I, you can, I was as stuck in the mud as, 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 as all, you know, when I was doing my stuff, like I can't change, you can't change, you know, it took a bloody great explosion in my life to kind of do it, but I, I did it and I'm, I'm really glad I've done it. I, I wish it hadn't have happened like that, but it did. Um, so, but, you know, maybe not wait till you get there, really dig down and, 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 um, 
and, and, and you know, really think about what you do want to do. And that will fundamentally change the work that direct, may fundamentally change the direction of your life. Great, Ali. Where can uh, people find you if they want to know more about it? I know you you uh, you are very active on LinkedIn. You write some great reflections sometimes. So I think everybody could could get something out of if they engage with it or not. Just reading it and let it sink in the back of your head. You will definitely learn something for that. I can promise you that out there. That's some good tools in that. But where else is it? Uh, are people able to find you? I've got a website, Ali Gordon Coaching. Um, dot com and you can just jump on there and and it says listen if you just want to have a conversation i'm very open just having a conversation there's nothing attached to it this you know it's it's um it, this business is set up with purpose i really want to kind of help people get to the right place and i've had a number of conversations that you know maybe six months later we've worked together but i don't have an attachment to that that's that's not the point of the business um is that i want to you know want to work with people But if somebody just wants to have a conversation, is feeling pretty low, think, you know, just book us some time in the diary, let's have a conversation. And, you know, it, it's uh, we've got to give back in what, what the world's going through. You've got to, got to give some something back, I think. Absolutely great, Ali. Thank you so much for, for coming back on. Uh... I've really great conversation. I so enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. I, I Even I uh, had a, couple of reflection and wrote down some things I need to to start to think about as well and that, that's the great thing about that and I hope uh, you guys out there also uh, have a bit of a reflection uh, on things and maybe don't be too hard on yourself so uh, speak to you soon Ali and take care yeah cheers Michael thank you thank you so much Ali So many great advice on how to change your belief system and reigniting yourself. If you want to get more inspiration on how to become better at managing your mind and set better direction for your life, please tune in to our episode Surviving the Shitstorm, episode 7, with Elaine Bato, Life and Wellness Coach. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview and in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there are links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be maverick.